Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Mommy Chronicles with Denise Davis May and Tanya Scott Williams, your parenting partners in raising phenomenal children. everyone to the Mommy Chronicles. I'm Tanya Scott Williams. And I'm Denise Davis May. And we are really looking forward to today's show as we always are. Mm -hmm. Uh, Today we have a a special guest, uh, a woman that I met uh, recently at the Montgomery Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sororities International Awareness Committee meeting. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was a guest speaker there and uh, the committee's focus this year was on human trafficking and the very real threat it poses to women and girls here in the South as well as worldwide. Now, I came on to share uh, the Montgomery, Alabama uh, team for Days for Girls, share the work that we're doing and how that work not only affects women and girls uh, under normal circumstances, but also uh, women and girls in crisis. Now, our guest, she came up to me afterwards, and she sat down beside me. She introduced herself, and and she actually came alongside and pledged um, to support uh, what we're doing with Days for Girls. And she extended a very generous offer to uh, the Montgomery team and to the Mommy Chronicles to attend the Breaking Barriers Summit that's scheduled for tomorrow at the Renaissance Hotel in downtown Montgomery. Now, this summit, uh, it unites health professionals, educators, and social workers to discuss ways to break barriers in community health. Now, after learning more about who she is and what she does, her tireless work here in the community and her commitment to health care, we just had to have Dr. Marguerite Barbara Owen on today's show. And I met Dr. Owens uh, maybe two years ago uh, as we were discussing uh, health issues, global health issues of women, and we invited her to be a speaker over at Auburn University at Montgomery, and uh, she is just uh, she's just the bomb. Uh, she is a graduate of Howard University's medical school. Uh, she is the staff physician at Medical AIDS Outreach here in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, it's now known as Medical Advocacy and Outreach. Uh, she's the medical director of Southern Care Hospice, also in Montgomery, and she's a board-certified internist. Uh, she was trained in internal medicine and was in private practice uh, for uh, 24 years, mm-hmm. from 1990 to 2014, uh, where she specialized in adult health care um, teen years through senior adults uh, with a concentration in diabetes. Mm-hmm. So um, we are just so happy to have uh, Dr. Barbara Owens here today. She participates and volunteers in so many areas. She does. She really does. She volunteers her time. And I'll just list a few of the things because we could go on about who she we'll is. We'll be here all done. day. I know, which is fantastic, which is why I'm happy to talk to her. So let me go ahead. She's a member and president of the Capital City Medical Society. She's a founding member of Dr. C. Wilson Medical Society, a member and presenter uh, of Sisters in Survival. Survivorship through Action and Support, which is a cancer education and control service, board certified by the American Academy of HIV Medicine. You know what? We just need to go ahead and get her on. Are you with us, uh, Dr. Owens? I am here. How are you all? Oh, wonderful. You know, we paused for a second because we're never really sure. We're never really sure how this is going to work out. And we'd like to thank Isaiah Sankey for joining us Hi, and Tony LaGreen-Stevens and Virginia Tickles. Thank you all so much. We hope that you are going to enjoy her as much as we think we will. <laughs> Very good. So how are you doing this morning? I'm doing fine. And hey, Mr. Sankey, how you doing? 
on our on my Facebook Live. I think he's sending you a wave. I feel it in the spirit. <laughs> I've worked with him too. He's he's great. So thank you very much for having me. I'm excited today. Very good. Awesome. Then have a good now great. we we are on live on Blog Talk and we're also on Facebook Live. And uh, we just want to make sure that we just focus all of our energy and time on you because we are really wanting to, to highlight uh, not only emerging health issues in our community, but we want to also talk about this fantastic summit that's coming up on tomorrow in downtown Montgomery. So we want to start with a few questions mm-hmm. because we only have 30 minutes and oh. we could be with you all day mm-hmm. with all of the knowledge you have to share with us. But we want to just kind of get some information out there for um, some of our listeners and certainly for our personal use. So first we'd like to start with just discussing some of the challenging health issues that exist that impact black families most. If you had to identify the most challenging health issue in black families, what would it be? I think it would probably be that we have become a society of more of treatment instead of prevention. And I think Mm. prevention is the way that we need to be focusing our efforts. Um, A lot of times people use the emergency room as their doctors or the doc of the box instead of trying to go ahead of time and treat, um, that prevention starts when we're young. And so I can remember very vividly my treat for when I did well was to go to McDonald's. Well, that's probably not the best, not to blame my parents because that was, you know, wonderful in the time, the time we were in. But uh, as of today, we need to be thinking, particularly starting in a young age, of how to prevent things. Um, there are a lot of diseases that even though we have a genetic predisposition, so our genes may say you are more prone to being diabetic, our lack of exercise and our diet makes that prone become a reality. Now, we are, we are diabetics. Uh, they are, a recent study said 60% more common in black uh, families to be diabetic. So th- there's things that we can do to prevent, and we can't change our genes. We can't change our family. They are our family. But there are things that we can do to prevent. So vaccines, um, making sure you get your pap smears, getting exercise, eating properly, having healthy lifestyles. Uh, So our lifestyle needs to be addressed. And I think the prevention is where we need to put our focus. Yes, and that's so difficult, um, attempting to create a lifestyle for your children, as you talked about your parents, and in their attempt to support you in your academic achievement, uh, maybe some of the rewards were actually <laughs> antithetical to having a healthy lifestyle. Um, and right. so that kind of leads me into the next question. Mm-hmm. Um, as we attempt as parents to uh, just, do the best for our children. Um, what are some of the emerging health issues that, as mothers, we need to be aware of? If I had to pick one, I'd probably have a few, but if I had to pick one, and it kind of would encompass a lot of things, is the effect of hidden trauma. And, and that may be not what somebody else would say, but let me just explain why I hmm. say that. I think our children and and even adults are dealing with so many things. So not just the trauma we think about from people who've gotten raped or who have um, been abused, but other traumas, um, cyberbullying, those kind of Mm -hmm. things. And what we tend to do 
and particularly, I think, as black women, but probably in general, because we don't want to admit there's a problem, we bury it, we go on and, and, and do whatever we need to do the next day and pretend like it didn't happen, but it does, and it takes its toll. As we become and are a more global society, there's trauma happening all over. There's more refugees in the world today than there has ever been. I can't imagine, you know, some of these people get up and, and one day they're here and next day all they have is the clothes on their back. I don't care if they land in the best world in the place in the world. That's got to take its toll on your psyche, your being. And if you, we don't deal with that trauma, then it becomes... You know, that's the go on to be different problems as adults. So may make you more prone to certain diseases, may make you more prone to more destructive behavior, may make you more prone to not taking the precautions, um, more sexually active and not taking the precautions that we need to do for that. So all kinds of things for, for trauma that is not being treated. So... And it starts, in, in, again, it starts with our young children. These kids are dealing with stu- stuff that I've, I can't imagine sometimes, that they have to make grown-up decisions as very young children, and that's very sad, but that's also very traumatic. So mm, I think our, fun- uh, One of our Facebook listeners is, uh, has just said uh, that is so true. She's um, uh I, I feel a certain kind of way just hearing you say that. Um, how how do we even begin to help our community when we're dealing with these traumas? How, where, where do we start? Where do we start in our families? Where do we start in our children? How do we see these things and begin to, if not push back, to offer some sort of solution? How do we do that? I think that's hard. I think part of what the conferences that we're going to that we uh, are going to have tomorrow is talking about the barriers to healthcare. And one of the barriers is we have such stigma and attach such stigma and shame to certain things. So mm. uh, I have a young girl in my life who was raped. She never dealt with the trauma, but because of that, she was just ashamed. She just felt like it was her fault. And so she internalized it, and as an external response, she's kind of gone off the deep end, so to speak. So if we don't start talking to our young folks about their bodies, that the, the people around them, that keeping those communications, lines of communication opening, um, making sure that they know what is appropriate and what's not appropriate, but even if this this does happen, come talk to me. Make sure we encourage that conversation and make sure we're teaching them because even though we all want to be the best parents, um, the environments that we're in are not always the best. And I've, I've heard a saying that generational poverty, so if your everyday living is just trying to feed your kids, that may not be the best time for you to have those great sit-down conversations. And that doesn't mean that you can't be raised in, in a great home. But I'm just saying sometimes there's more important or urgent matters on that parent's mind. And so we as a community need to be educating our children. And so I, 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 I'm, I'm real passionate about that. I could talk about that for days, to go to conferences and to, to go to, into the schools. I, I love when teachers call me in to, to talk to their kids because – 
it gives me that opportunity. So anytime I can get a chance, and I think that we all as adults who know this is happening need to be opening the doors and, and, and trying to talk about it and trying to tell our kids, this is not your fault. This, that you're in this situation is not your fault. And even if by something that you did, let's deal with it. Let's, let's face that reality. Let's face what's happening and so we can move on from there without trying to you just going to school the next day and showing up <laughs> like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And, and so we have um, one of our viewers on uh, Facebook Live who, um, and you, you're kind of leading right into this discussion around mental health, the fact that you talked about the stigmatization of mental health in African-American families and communities is important. And she's asking, how do we, how do we talk about it when we're still afraid to even admit it exists? When you have these children who are who are experiencing signs of depression, yeah. who are managing some of the challenges that come along with that, and they're in a community or family who either deny it or attempt to cover it up. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish there was a great one answer. I don't have one answer. I think it has a lot of answers, but certainly some of them are overall we, we've got to support policies and procedures that, that support us, that support the mental health system that is steadily being drained. So I think it starts with those kinds of decisions, who you vote for, who you put in office, who, okay. what policies now. And that's, that's the global picture. But then there are some, you know, in our own community, not just in, you know, politics comes, trickles down. So it's not just who's overall the president, but it's also – in, in our state and in our city, who's leading us. Locally, though, I think that we can don't need to reinvent the wheel, per se, but we need to support the groups that are doing. There are groups out there that are trying to educate our, our children. I really do think so, and I do think there are places in the school system. I have a friend that he, he went through a, a period of depression. He's like, I don't have anything to do. Look, you live two blocks from a, uh, from a, um, a school. I can't imagine with all your wisdom that even if you have some medical, he does have medical challenges, but you take a day or four hours or two hours to go volunteer. You don't have mm. anything else. It will help you and it will help them and your wealth of experience. Oh, my gosh, that would open up <laughs> many doors, for, like I said, for healing him, but healing those children, helping those children know somebody cares about them and somebody's willing to listen to them. If you, if you can't afford to take off time, I understand there, you know, because – we all have those kind of jobs. So there are places like the Mommy Chronicles where we can talk about it and get the word out. Um, churches. I, I believe that the black church is probably the most underutilized place right now. We go and shout, but we need to be educated at the church. And I, I truly believe that um, there are different areas where, where we go. Make, make our schools accountable. You work through the PTA. Whatever we don't need to again reinvent the wheel. Use what we got. Let's let's start there and get the word out. Exactly, and you know something um, that I've said recently on the Mommy Chronicles um, uh, that uh, about being transparent. It's only been in the last I would say year or so that I've actually spoken publicly about having dealt with depression throughout my life. I never felt really free to say it openly because I grew up in the church where, you know, I felt like I had to pray a little harder, sing a little louder, uh, commit myself even more, even though I was strongly committed to my faith. And um, so I felt like it was it was a personal struggle. 
And if something has happened within this last year, thankfully I've surrounded myself with some uh, some folks who we are lifting each other up, helping each other break through to another side of ourselves, and it's given me the strength that I need to just to say what the struggle has been as I am healing myself. Um, and I've found that for me, I've done things like invited people to go out with me uh, on, on high, uh, birding trips because, that, yeah, we'll talk about birding today, yes, because you know I love it, but I've discovered that being in that the, 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 this wonderful space within nature, whether it's within urban centers, uh, parks, and things like that, it has helped to relieve a lot of that pressure and stress that I have on the inside. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been like a gateway to my own health and healing. But it started when I realized that there, I did not need to be ashamed. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to carry this around like it, like it was some mm-hmm. sickness that was going to attach to somebody else if I talked to them about it or make people question my faith because that was important to me. Uh, but then I realized all that stuff doesn't mean anything if it's killing me. Mm-hmm. So I had to just <laughs> let it go and then began to reach out to the people who were around me. I was able to then see that I had help right there that was available available to me, and it's helping to lead me out uh, of that dark place. And guess what? I'm bringing some folks with me. Oh, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. That's all right. See, to me, it does take you doing in your own little community. Now, that community doesn't have to be but two people. I mean, if you help one other person that you have done something, and so I was – at my job yesterday out of town, actually at a clinic we have out in Selma, and um, a very nice gentleman, well-spoken, was truly um, wrestling with his HIV diagnosis. And he's had HIV for some time. But it wasn't just that. When Once we started to talk, it was actually be, started with the death of his mother. So what happened was, because I had gone through a similar experience with the death of my mother, I was able to share with him, and and almost in tears sharing, but we were both able to share. And so he had been out of care for two years and not taking his medicine for two years. And in the uh, arena of HIV, that's that's like playing Russian roulette. That's an awful thing. But we were able to get him back in care. It, it, It didn't. I didn't have to make a policy change. I needed to show him that I had gone through some things, and this is how I dealt with it. It may not be how you're going to deal with it. But however, we need to face this and know that it's okay. Mama, it's okay to, to be sad over losing your mama, and this is how we can how to help you, and I'm going to try to support you through this. So that's one person, and I felt like, okay, Lord, that's what you have for me to do today, and that's all right with me right now. So. Absolutely. Um, we have about 11 minutes into the show. If you're just joining us, we are the Mommy Chronicles. I'm Tanya Scott Williams. And I'm Denise Davis May. And we are uh, speaking today with our special guest, Dr. Marguerite Barber Owens. And we are talking about um, healthy habits, uh, making it a family affair. And I have another question for you, Dr. Owens. Um, a number of mothers are struggling with the decision to have their children immunized against HPV. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I so want to help you all with that struggle and not not have you struggle with that. Um, let let me tell you my feeling on it. Uh, first of all, when I and I'm an older doctor, so when I was first a resident, the first patient that ever died that I ever saw die had cervical cancer. A forty some year old woman who died with cervical cancer, and it was horrendous. It was horrendous. This is what I'm talking about: prevention. HPV, human papillomavirus is the number one cause of 
cervical cancer, but not only just cervical. It does cause other cancers, but right now let's just deal with cervical cancer. And so if we can get treat HPV or not treat it, I'm sorry, prevent it, then 90% of the cervical cancers that happen can be prevented. It is a horrible thing. And the vaccine is just as we have other vaccines to prevent, we use this one. It, it has now become, so if you get them, um, if we give them at age 11 and 12, and, there's only, and it's cut down to two, we can have two vaccines instead of the standard three. The, the, um, I guess the thoughts that I've had or the, the objections I've had, well, does it allow my child to say that she's going to be sexually active? Well, I think, and this is for me when I told my child, because I had my baby, I actually gave her her vaccine myself. My thought was, even I want my baby not to be sexually active until she gets married. But when she gets married, I want her to have a healthy and happy sexual life. If that is her, you know, if that is where she's going going to go with that, I think that's fine. But I can't promise that that gentleman that she's going to marry will come just what I, I'd hope she would come. I, I don't know how he came. And so there is a very ch- good chance that once he's 26, 26 and over, older, 90% of the people have been exposed to HPV. It doesn't mean it's the kind that causes cancer, but have been exposed. So most likely she will marry someone who has been exposed. If I can prevent this with two shots that cause some redness, yeah, I think I should do it. Wow, wow. So that's, that's the best yeah. that I've heard it explained Ooh. in the three years that, that I've heard people discussing it. <laughs> mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I needed to talk to you a few years ago. <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> so thank you so much for that. And we'd like to thank um, Lynn Brummel Presley calling all the way from or um, signing in all the way from Michigan. I'm Lori David Boone. Thanks for, for signing in. And uh, we have Leah Roberts-Peterson who has joined us. Hello, Leah. And uh, Marie uh, Britton here in Montgomery, Christina Swenson, thank you for joining us, and Gabriel Mays, also thank you. Mm-hmm. And so we have uh, just a few more minutes, about seven minutes, and um, we have just one last question, and then we want to give you an opportunity, uh, Dr. Owens, to share anything that you'd like us to, to know. Okay. Uh, we know that you're actively serving the health needs of those in our community who are marginalized. What are some of the ways we and our listeners can help? Again, I go back to this conference. We're breaking barriers tomorrow. And, and one of the biggest things, um, even with the mental health, but certainly with some of the people that I serve who have HIV, is the barriers that we have. And there are so many, not just, you know, I don't have the money, I don't have the transportation, but I just to come into the office sometimes when people think that they have HIV is such a barrier because I'm going to be shunned by the community, the church that's supposed to love me is going to throw me out, the, the deacon doesn't want to sit next to me, my mother. I, I, we see people who, you know, you throw, throw your children out. you, you got to educate yourself to know that some things aren't passed by me washing my hands in the same sink and eating off the, the same um, utensils, those kinds of things. So we have to be educated. And that takes going where you can get the education or just reading. <laughs> I mean, you can just read online some of these things. So we need to stop throwing stones at somebody else and saying, oh, you did this, and that puts you at risk, so I can't deal with you. 
In actuality, if you're in the South, now maybe not your viewer in Michigan, but hmm. the, everybody in the South is on the high risk for uh, the list, according to the CDC, you are at high risk for HIV just because you live in the South. They didn't ask what else you did. There's, there's considered a high risk, and living in the South is a high risk. So we need to stop putting folks out because of what they have or what we think they do behind closed doors, or even if on our beliefs in our, you know, if they're, I'm a Christian but I have a Jewish friend, we, can't, we can have more in common than we have differences. So we just need to stop separating ourselves and, and shunning people because of they, we think they're different or they're doing something that we don't approve of. And so that would be my way to, and I think we need to embrace those things that are in common, more in common. So that would be my thoughts on that. And you said earlier that uh, you could spend all day talking on uh, one of the questions that we asked you, and we're going to hold you to that. Mm-hmm. We, we we want to go ahead and put it out there right now. We'd like to have you back on the show mm-hmm. um, and perhaps maybe set up, uh, create a platform so that maybe we can have some sort of uh, community uh, event so that we can uh, have you in to maybe answer questions or just a roundtable of some sort. I, I can, I, I'm just going to assume that folks who are listening to you have really gotten so much out of what you've shared just in these few minutes that you've been on with us. Uh, we've got about uh, four minutes left. Um, would you like to tell us about tomorrow's summit? Uh, tell our listeners how they can uh, register. I understand it's probably not too late for them to do that. Tell us about the uh, Breaking Barriers uh, Summit that's scheduled for tomorrow at the Renaissance. And that's what it is. It's called Breaking Barriers, and it's talking about HIV and heart disease because this month is Heart Healthy Month. This month uh, celebrates HIV, uh, I'm sorry, Awareness Day for Black HIV AIDS Day uh, was this past February the 7th. So we're doing lots of things for this month. And in particular, we're talking about, not again, not only barriers because they don't have access to care, um, you know, they have to make a choice between whether I eat or get my medicine, those kinds of barriers but also barriers uh, because of prejudice and bias. And so we're going to talk about those and hopefully come together by the end of this day with some solutions from all the way from the policy to the church to the social worker to the physician, to the physician's office when you come in. There's a secretary look at that patient and say, "Uh, you look like you can't pay, I don't want to be bothered. Those kinds of things are obvious barriers that we don't always think about. I don't know about it because I'm in the back office, but we hope to make the physicians aware that there may be some barriers in their office that they're not even aware about, uh, aware of. And so we're hoping to have solutions by the end and not just talk about it. And I always like solutions. So if you can, um, MAO Medical AIDS Outreach, which is now a medical advocacy and outreach, is the sponsor. You can go on their website. Or if you just don't get to do that and you want to still come, uh, it is, $70, I believe, for the whole day, which includes breakfast and lunch and all the speakers and uh, a reception afterwards. It starts at 8 o'clock at the Renaissance tomorrow morning. 
Okay, so we again would like to thank uh, Dr. Barbara Owens uh, for coming in and sharing with us on some of the healthy habits and the issues around health, mental health, chronic illness that uh, in the African-American community we certainly need to be aware of. Again, we'd like to encourage you to uh, consider participating in the Medical Advocacy and Outreach Breaking Barriers Summit which is going to be held at the Renaissance Hotel in downtown Montgomery uh, tomorrow, Saturday, February 11th, from 8 a.m. to 4.45, with a reception uh, from 5.30 to 7.30. There are CEUs being offered for clinicians, so for physicians and nurses, and for social work uh, and behavioral uh, clinicians. So thank you again, Dr. Owens. This has been phenomenal. It really has been. I thank you all for having me. I was and I'm excited to talk to you all. You all are doing awesome things. Thank you so much. Thank you, and thank you very, uh, thank you so much for tomorrow's, um, for your support of us and, and allowing us to have this space tomorrow. The Mommy Chronicles will have a, a table at the summit tomorrow, so if you do come out, make sure that you come by and stop by our table so that we can continue this conversation. Yes. Thank you all, and we are prayerful that you all have a wonderful and healthy weekend. Go run or hike. <laughs> I'm going to go birding. <laughs> Come with me. <laughs> so, again, you all, we thank you for joining us. And everybody that signed in uh, Facebook Live, share it with your friends. Um, we think we I'm going to go back and look at our list and, yeah. and see who might have won something. Exactly. Um, and we will uh, be in contact with those folks. And we uh, look forward to our next live show. Thanks for listening to The Mommy Chronicles with Denise Davis-May and Tanya Scott-Williams. Listen anytime, anywhere on blogtalkradio.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. Write to us at mommychronicles2014 at gmail.com. The Mommy Chronicles, your parenting partners in raising phenomenal children. <laughs>